Hello and welcome to another episode of Sports Talk with G. We're coming off a big 49ers victory over the Washington football team earlier today. Bigger news though, 49ers are the number one overall seed in the NFC and they get a bye week in the first round of the playoffs and the road to the Super Bowl in the NFC runs through Santa Clara. So let's start with breaking down a little bit about the game today. I thought the offense at times did not execute in the red zone, but overall played much, much better, obviously, than last week. I mean, they were facing the football team who's terrible, missing a bunch of starters on defense. But Brock looked sharp, didn't make any bad throws, didn't make any horrific, like, what are you doing decisions. Um, no turnovers, which is the key stat for the 49ers offense every week. If they don't turn the ball over, they're going to score points and they're most likely going to win the game. Uh, if the 49ers and specifically Brock turn the ball over, the chances of a loss increase significantly. So today, the 49ers took care of the ball against a lowly Washington football team missing a bunch of starters. Let's let's be fair about that. But they look good outside of a couple red zone possessions that ended in a no score and a field goal. So let's get into a couple stats. Brock Purdy is now the all-time single-season passing leader for the San Francisco 49ers. That's just crazy to think about on a team that's had Joe Montana, Steve Young, and even Jeff Garcia and Colin Kaepernick, right? Brock Purdy is now the single-season leader. And this is not the 17-game season, right? Even though now the season's 17 games. He's done that in 16 games. So that's big. Brock's obviously been my guy throughout the season. I still think he's the most valuable player on the 49ers. Brock Purdy played awesome today. He had one just deep rope to Brandon Ayuk that was dropped in the bread basket. Looked beautiful. You couldn't have handed it to him better. Like I said in a previous podcast, he's like a UPS driver sometimes, just delivers. Um, and for all those that call Brock a game manager, he had an awesome Mahomes-esque scramble, pointing Ayuk to the other to go to the other side. Um, and throwing it to him for a touchdown. If if uh, Mahomes or Josh Allen or Lamar did that, everybody would be talking about it, but it's Brock. So I'm not sure anybody's talking about it, but who cares? 49ers are the number one seed. Brock is an amazing football player. That's the quarterback the Niners have been looking for for years. Um, remember when Jimmy used to do that point? I was always like, oh my God, he's going to do something insane. He's going to throw an interception. The Niners are going to lose. When Brock does the point, I'm like, well, Probably going to do something good, throw a touchdown or something. Um, and so now I don't hold my breath when the the point happens. I'm I'm excited to see what kind of play Brock is going to make. And he delivers, man. Brock has just been good. He's had a bad, few bad games. Every single quarterback in the league has some bad games throughout a long season. The season's tough. The NFL's tough. You're playing great defenses. Not this one, but like last week against the Ravens, you're going to play some great defenses. You're going to make some turnovers and you're going to have some bad luck. That all happened together last week. This week, a lot better. Brock was on the money, played great. Another, a couple other things on the offense. Brandon Ayuk, dominant. This whole season, he's been dominant. He's making a ton of money for himself. He has a fifth-year option next year that the Niners picked up, but I think he's going to be looking for a big payday. I think the Niners have to figure out a way to keep him. He's such an important part of the offense. He's, he plays that traditional wide receiver role incredibly, while Debo plays kind of that gadget receiver running back, uh, wide back role. Uh, they're both really important, but together, they just play off each other so well. Ayuk is one of the best route runners in the league, so polished. He's had just so many catches for first downs or touchdowns. They're just so deep. Um, 
he just is a dynamic game changer. So you got to keep IU. George Kittle, over a thousand yards. He's also played in every game this year, which is huge. Usually he has gets stinged up. He, there was that one throw from Brock over the middle where Kittle was hit hard, um, kind of low and landed really awkwardly. I was worried he was going to get hurt, but he got right back up. Uh, maybe he's been working with McCaffrey on that flexibility stuff that uh, the announcers keep talking about with Christian, but Kittle, thousand yard receiving year, great blocking as usual. He's the best all around tight end in the league. I think now that you have a quarterback that can actually throw him the ball, you're seeing how good a receiver he is. I mean, Jimmy really struggled the last few years. Thus Kittle's stats haven't been as good usually, but um, Kittle is still the best there is the tight end position. Christian McCaffrey, over 2,000 yards from scrimmage this year, receiving and running combined. Um, he started off with tons of touches in the first few drives. Uh, later on, looked like he got a slight calf injury. Uh, looked to be mild. 49ers Kyle Shanahan said they think they avoided any serious injury with that one. Let's hope they did. Uh, but McCaffrey's been playing a ton of snaps, I think, it was good. He got some rest and we got to see Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell has been hurt a lot the last two years after his brilliant rookie season this year. It seems like whenever he plays, then he's out for the next few games, but when he plays and gets in a rhythm, man, he is good. You forget how good Elijah Mitchell is. Uh, he's fast. He's quick. He bounces into those small holes really quickly. He had a great game today. He got his first touchdown on the year. This is what I'm saying though. I still think Brock is the most valuable player on the 49ers over Christian McCaffrey because Elijah Mitchell can play well. And so can Jordan Mason. I have no faith in Sam Darnold playing even close to the level of Brock Purdy. So I think the Niners are in a good spot with running backs as long as Mitchell is healthy and can back up McCaffrey. And I think Kyle should use Mitchell a little bit more and let him get in a rhythm. I think when Mitchell gets like one snap every three drives, he doesn't really play that well. But if he can get in a little rhythm, like one of the drives today, where which ended in the touchdown, he's a good running back. And then you got Debo. I think he's around 871 yards for the year receiving, plus over 200 rushing yards. So over 1,000 all-purpose yards for the year. He needs a big game in the last game of the year to get over 1,000 receiving yards. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, but Debo, still great. He's really, really mastered the wide back position. Offensive line. It was okay, I guess. I mean, they held up relatively well against pr some pretty good interior defenders for the football team. Uh, Brock uh, wasn't running for his life the whole time. They opened up some good holes in the running game. Feliciano looks pretty good. I think when Banks is healthy, you got to start Feliciano instead of Burford. I don't really have much confidence in Burford um, or that right side of the line really at all. And I think Feliciano helps out on that right side. So Got to keep that in. I thought Kyle had some interesting moments of play calling. They they had that fourth and one um, at the goal line, and they just ran the ball up the middle. I thought there was lacking creativity there. Um, I thought in the red zone, he became tight with his play calling, wasn't as creative, didn't get his players open like he usually does. Um, so even though they scored 27 points, they really should have scored a lot more today. Um, they came away with three on one of those drives and then zero on the fourth down stop. So even though the offense performed well, I thought Kyle uh, wasn't in his bag as much as usual with his play calling. But overall, offense played really well, um, scored a ton of points, got the W. Special teams, I guess Ronnie Bell had one somewhat good return today, but every time he's back there, I'm just like praying he doesn't fumble it. 
Um, I did like seeing Jordan Mason back for kick return. I think he can do a great job at it. It also limits the injury risk for Debo. Um, I think Jordan Mason should be the kick returner going forward. And I wish he could return punts because I don't want to see Ronnie Bell. We'll just hope Ray Ray can come back and having that next week off, which is what I'm getting into now. Next week being off is huge for the 49ers. Gives Eric Armstead an extra week to rest. It gives uh, Jair Brown in the secondary an extra week to rest. It gives Christian McCaffrey a week extra to rest because he's nursing that calf injury. You don't want to rush those back. And then um, Ray Ray can also take an extra week to rest and get back um, fully healthy. So the Niners are going to be able to do a lot next week against the Rams. And it's going to be interesting to see how Kyle plays it. Personally, I think you just sit Trent Williams. He's banged up a little bit. I didn't think he had his best game today. Um, So let Trent Williams rest. Do not play him. Do not play Devo. Do not play Kittle. Do not play Ayuk. Do not let these key pivotal core guys get injured. Christian McCaffrey obviously should not play. I think Brock, maybe one or two series. Max should play, but if Williams isn't playing, I ain't risking Brock much either. Um, So I don't think those key players on offense should play. And on defense, uh, let's let's talk about the defense a little before I get into who should rest. But I think if, if Kyle plays it I, how I think he's going to play, I think he's going to have a lot of people out next week against the Rams because it's just a lot to lose. I know people talk about losing momentum, but it's, they're going to have a bye week the week after anyways. So I'm not really sure it's going to make that much of a difference playing um, uh, next week against the Rams or not, because they're going to be off the following week anyway. So what does it matter? Um, you saw Bradley Chubb for the Dolphins get hurt today, out for the season, likely torn ACL. Just cannot. The main thing going to the playoffs is health. Got to get everybody as healthy as possible, because that's what always is the 49ers downfall. Health is number one. Health is wealth, as they say. Um, so, yeah, let's get into the defense. I think the defense is pretty bad. Let's put it out there. I think the pass rush, I don't care. I don't give one care to what the pressure numbers say. I don't think the 49ers pass rush is that good this year. For how much has been spent on the defensive line and how many draft picks, trade, equity, whatever, capital, draft capital, money, BOSA, everybody, they're not sacking the quarterback with any sort of regular frequency. The, the football team had a sorry offensive line out there, multiple backups. Bosa didn't get one sack. He got one fake sack where the, the football team miscommunicated on the play and he was just there. But, I mean, it's crazy that the, the pass rush just doesn't look good. In the past years, they were they were getting to the quarterback with these. This year, it's a struggle. No matter what the down and distance is, no matter who they're playing, they're just not getting there. I think Bosa is not having a good year. I don't care what the numbers say in terms of pressure. Why does it matter what, what a pressure is? If they get the ball off and it's a catch, like who cares? Um, he had one pressure that I think led to the Traverius Ward interception today, but like he's not really playing well. He was lined up against the backup right tackle anyways today. I mean, it's Bosa's extremely disappointing this year. Their pass rush is not that good. Hargrave, I thought was going to be a lot better. Um, he doesn't seem very good against the run. He has a couple good pass rushers every game, but that interior of the line without Armstead is just leaking oil in the run game. They're not getting to the quarterback. I don't know what it is. I don't know if their scheme has changed. I don't know if there's some technique that's different. But usually Chris Kosurik has the boys humming in terms of getting sacks. This year, it's just hard to come by, even against sorry-ass football teams. So not sure what that means. But um, 
I, I thought they got away with it today because the football team sucks. Sam Howell is terrible at quarterback. Terry McLaurin had a couple good plays. The running back had a couple good plays, but overall Washington's terrible. They need a full reset. Rivera's gone after this year, obviously. Um, they need to get their quarterback of the future, but the 49ers defensive line needs to be better in the playoffs. Otherwise, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. I thought the secondary played decently well overall. Ward got the pick. Uh, Lenore, I didn't think had the best game until his interception. Played well. Logan Ryan was out there at safety. Didn't notice a huge drop off today. Again, playing a sorry opponent. But Steve Wilkes, I'm not sure how I'm feeling about Steve Wilkes. The defense does not look the same as it did uh, the last few uh, under D'Amico Ryans or Robert Sala. It just they're just not they're not intimidating the quarterback nearly as much as they have in the past. And you'd think with the line of Bosa, Hargrave, Chase Young, Randy Gregory, all these guys, Kinlaw, who's who seemingly always gets somewhat close, but then lets every run play go right by him, never gets to the quarterback. So I'm not sure if he's actually any productive at all. But something's different about the pass rush this year that is just not giving me a good feeling. I think we're going to struggle in the playoffs if Bosa doesn't really, really step up his game. And Steve Wilkes got to figure out something because I don't think right now, I'm not sure he should be back as the defensive coordinator next year. We'll see. I know the numbers might say they're ranked well, but I mean, he struggled big time in some of these games. So we'll have to see there. But as I was talking about with the offensive side, getting some rest defensive side, Armstead, one more week to get healthy. Um, Jair Brown, one more week to get healthy. I think next week, I think you sit Bosa. He looks tired. You sit Bosa next week. You let Gregory and Chase Young try to get more reps, get to the quarterback. Um, I think you sit uh, Hargrave for most of the game next week. And I think you sit Fred Warner. I don't think you risk Fred Warner getting hurt. The cornerbacks, you kind of got to play because, I mean, they don't really have many other cornerbacks, but maybe Ward gets a break and you put Womack out there. I don't want to see Isaiah Oliver, but maybe put Sam Womack out there, cornerback. Um, but overall, uh, I mean, I think the defense could get some rest. I think they need some rest. I think the the thing that's scary to me this year is that the defense hasn't really won any games. It's been all the offense. And the one time the offense really sputtered against the Ravens, the defense did nothing really um, to pose any opposition to the Ravens offense. So the defense in the playoffs, you know, defense is pivotal. I'm not sure I have the confidence that I used to have in the 49ers defense. So we'll have to see, but so many interesting scenarios. I mean, I cannot believe around, I mean, around the league, I cannot believe the Eagles lost to the Cardinals, but they have been terrible since the 49ers demolished them in Philly. Uh, Kyler Murray was just running around doing his thing. I mean, I think he's good. I think the Cardinals have a foundation, good young head coach, um, they're going to be scary in the coming years, especially if they nail their draft picks. But I could not believe that the Cardinals came back and beat the Eagles. The Eagles look out of sorts. Their defense is atrocious. Their offense is not humming, not looking good. And then the Rams, can't believe they won that. The Giants, moronic going for two. I don't understand what's going on with coaching these days. But, I mean, I guess Barkley was wide open if Tyrod Taylor could have gotten a wide open pass. But still, go for the just kick the extra point, go to overtime. I don't understand this. Um, but that was interesting. So a lot of interesting playoff scenarios coming into coming into next week. But the Niners got the number one seed. Let's go. Uh, home playoffs. I'll be there. First round bye. That's all you need. That's how they got to the Super Bowl in 2019. That's how they're going to get to the Super Bowl this year. You can lock that in. Um, 
I got a comment briefly, though. That, that's kind of the 49ers take. I don't think they're going to try that hard against the Rams next week. I will say Rams offense is kind of scary. Cup, Nakua, Stafford, Kyron Williams, all ballers. So I don't want to see them in the playoffs, but I also don't want to get hurt next week. So you just punt the game next week. It doesn't matter. Let's talk about the Dan Campbell Detroit Lions situation because that's kind of how the Niners were able to lock in the number one seed. Makes no sense, but it kind of does make sense, right? Because that was Jimmy Johnson's uh, Ring of Honor day in Jerry's world. The Cowboys, national TV, the stupid ESPN Monday Night Football Special Edition, even though it's on a Saturday. That makes no sense at all, but whatever. Um, Yeah, the refs are always there for the Cowboys. I mean, it was obvious that Taylor Decker went up to the ref and reported. Otherwise, what the hell else is Decker doing? Is he asking the ref, like, yo, how's your Christmas? What do you want for New Year's? What's your New Year's resolution? No. The only reason he's going to talk to the ref is to report. And you bring someone with you so that the other team doesn't know exactly who's reporting and makes it tricky for them. I mean, I think what happened was the ref just ignored it. They just assumed the other guy, Skipper or whatever, was reporting because he had done that earlier and didn't even pay attention or listen. It just like screwed up. And then just went along with the lie after the game. It was just like, yeah, I didn't mess up. But here's what I got to say. The NFL has mics everywhere. I'm sure there's evidence that Decker reported. I'm sure it's there. The NFL is going to cover it up, though. There's no chance they're going to admit that there's some kind of scandal, controversy, whatever, especially against the Cowboys. It's America's team. Who knows why? But America's team. I mean... Everybody in the world knows that he reported. There's no reason he wouldn't report. Apparently, Dan Campbell cleared the play with the refs before the game even happened. So if you know there's a scandal, there's a scandal there. It's crazy. But as a Niners fan, got us the number one seed. So who am I to complain? That's all I can say. Uh, <clears throat> otherwise, you know, I had to get one last quick word in about my UCLA Bruins. Losing to Oregon, Coach Mick Cronin with another coaching disaster class. His coaching makes no sense. Okay. First, he plays Dylan Andrews at point guard for most of the game. Dylan Andrews never creates any buckets for any other players on the team, and he sucks at shooting. I'm not sure why he's out there so much during the game. Sebastian Mack, who's been the only guy who can actually create offense, was like in his bad books this last game, but usually has like unlimited leash. Had a couple bad like gambles and turnovers. Yeah, he did. But Cronin after the game saying he wouldn't play more than five minutes on a veteran team is just stupid and blaming the player instead of himself. Lazar Stefanovic, the starting small forward, do not even get me started. He wasn't even good at Utah. He was the best transfer Mick could get in because nobody wants to play for Mick. He is such a bad shooter and such a bad player, yet Mick lets him do whatever he wants on the court and lets him just throw up shot <clears throat> after shot, brick after brick, every single game. He is a professional bricklayer. Lazar should be playing five minutes to 10 minutes a game. One second. I'm losing my voice over here over this, but Lazar is awful, yet Mick plays him however much he wants. Burke, I can't pronounce his last name, B-squared, finally showed some promise yesterday, but he doesn't play enough. And then Bona, he's fine, but I don't understand why we keep insisting on like posting him up He's not a good offensive player. But let's just talk about the rotations and lineups. <clears throat> so my 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 issues with it. Jan Vide was this highly touted point guard prospect from Europe who's known for creating offense, which the UCLA Bruins have none of. 
and distributing the ball. I don't understand why he's not playing minutes. I don't care how bad he looks in practice or, or whatever. The team on the floor looks terrible during games. So why don't you play Jan Vide some minutes and let him develop at point guard? This season's over. It doesn't matter. The team's not making the tournament. Let him play at point guard. Dylan Andrews is not the answer for UCLA at point guard. He's not the next great UCLA point guard. He doesn't have any outstanding skills. His athleticism doesn't translate into anything great on the court. It doesn't matter. Play Jan Vide. Okay. You have Ilan Fiblet, the, the guy from France, also touted prospect from Europe. I don't know why he doesn't play either. The one game he played against Marquette, he was the one who actually almost changed the game and let the UCLA Bruins win. But he gets to play one minute, makes a mistake, he's out. He can't play through his mistakes. No idea. How is he going to develop without playing basketball? Again, this is a lost season. Play Fiblet. The, the, my, my guy I've been hating on, Will McClendon. He's shooting 43% from three. He was atrocious last year. I'll give him credit. He's playing better this year. But Mick doesn't create any shots for him at all. I have no idea why, but he's the only good shooter on the team. But Mick creates zero looks for him to get open buckets. Makes no sense. Lazar Stefanovic does, gets to do whatever he wants in the court, is never taken out of the game, never gets benched. Mistake after mistake, missed shot after missed shot, doesn't matter. Lazar gets to keep playing. I don't know why. Maybe just because he's a junior, but just because you're a junior, what if you suck? You shouldn't get to play. Lazar should not be seen more than five to ten minutes. Sorry recruiting by Mick Cronin, thinking he was going to be the answer for the for the for the veteran presence on the team. He's terrible. Terrible. He should not be playing so much. I saw a lineup with Burke and Kenny Nuba together. Atrocious, Mick. What are you doing? I mean, it makes no sense. And then we got the Adai Mara. I don't understand who was scouting these Euros, uh, the prospects, but he was supposed to be the next great big thing. He is not good. I'll give Mick credit for that one. He should not be playing. Um, the one thing, other thing I'll give Mick a little bit of credit for is playing Brandon Williams. That guy should have been playing more from the beginning. He is good too. He's going to be a good Bruin. But the starting lineup for the UCLA Bruins, I'm telling you this, this season's over. The Bruins are not making the tournament, which is very sad. That should never happen for the Bruins. That's blatant roster mismanagement by Mick Cronin. Not recruiting some guys thinking he could do better. Not recruiting KJ Simpson, who's killing it at Colorado. Not promising play time to Reese Dixon Waters. Who was he going to play? Who? Why wouldn't you promise him playing time? We could have had him. Who was going to take his butt? Stefanovic? No. Give me a break, Mick. We don't promise playing time. That's a joke. He sh we should have Reese Dixon Waters. That would be so much better with him. Another roster mismanagement, my Mick. I could go on and on again. I'm just frustrated. I think Mick Cronin was carried by a veteran team. His first few years, let's, the final four year carried by Johnny Juzang. The team was actually not very good, but Johnny went just caught a heater and went crazy. He's playing in the NBA, so he's a good player. Jaime was the engine that could that led the, the led the led the Bruins the last few years, and he's obviously good in the NBA too. I mean, I don't know what to say. I'm really disappointed by uh, the UCLA Bruins basketball team. I think the players are not being set up to succeed by Nick Cronin. He's never had a good offense dating back to his Cincinnati years. Still has no semblance of an offensive system. But the thing is, he doesn't adjust. He does. He just plays favorites. Like, is Cody Riley, Lazar Stavanovich is the new Cody Riley. Just gets to do whatever he wants in the court. No benching. Doesn't make any sense. This is a lost year. It's a developing year. Lazar's not going to be here when the Bruins are good. He should not be playing minutes next year. The lineup, starting lineup, should be Jan Vide. I need to see him start. I need to see him get regular minutes of point guard. You put... Uh, Will McClendon for a shooting guard. I can't believe I'm saying it, but put Will McClendon in starting shooting guard to get some 
actual three-point shooting on the floor because it's crazy right now. Play Fible at the three, play Burke at the four, and play Bona at five. And then Mac is the super sub six man off the bench. And Andrews also off the bench. All right. That's my UCLA rant. This season's over. Uh, but Nick Cronin, you got a lot of work to do. Stop blaming the players. Blame yourself. You're making the big bucks. All right. So that's going to wrap it up. Kind of an all over the place podcast, but hope you've enjoyed uh, hearing about the 49ers victory, some other NFL thoughts and my UCLA Bruins rant as usual. Thanks again. And uh, hope you tune in next time. Please like, share, and subscribe. Thanks again.